This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. Here's Speroni, who rolls the ball out to Cannon. He's got options in front of him. He picks out Thomas. This is a nice-looking move from Palace. That's a neat ball to Ambrose. A space on the right. Good turn. He crosses into Johnson! Oh, yes! Back of the nest! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Back of the Nest Preview Podcast. I am your host, Terence Ford of RedandBlueArmy.co.uk, and this week... I'm joined by just Sam Heskiff to look ahead towards Saturday's Frank de Boer derby versus Huddersfield Town. Heskiff is just me and you. I wonder where, uh, not Billiam, Billiam's here. Billiam is always here and present. But where, where's Albert Heskiff? Oh, what, what a surprise. <laughs> what a surprise. Part-time Curly's off. Off again. He hasn't told us where. Yeah. Um, so I guess we're going to have to guess. Maybe he's outside uh, the House of Commons waiting for the votes and Brexit to come in. Potentially, but um, he could have told us more than 20 minutes before we were due to to record. He could. He, he certainly could. And, and also, you know, his, his usual deputy, Mike, who's always welcome on this show, is also taking a holiday. Uh, he's in Rome. So I'm sure it's lovely, but... You know, it's a bit selfish. It certainly is. Well, let's start with this. Damn, I'm thirsty. I want a beer. What about you? You want a beer? I'm going to leave you three to it, man. Well, leave us two to it today. Um, I'm on Brewdog Dead Pony Club. Uh, Lovely little session Indian Palau. What about you? Well, I'm currently on water. (laughs) Um, But I did have, I had a Moretti when I was eating my dinner. But I then also had a whole packet of Sainsbury's knockoff Haribo Tang Fastics. So I thought if I have another if I have another beer, I'm gonna end up like when you know when you put a mint in a bottle of coke. <laughs> so I thought I'd better lay off and, and just have some water. Yeah, literally just before we started recording I stuffed down a pepperoni pizza with pepperoni stuffed crust and um I'm certainly very full at the moment, and I'm sure the beer is going to sit lovely on top of that. Um, but much of it's needed after the seven-day period we had. I'm I'm glad we've had a break from this podcast. I don't know about you. Yeah, because usually 
you know, I don't like the international break because I just want to watch Palace, but I've I've definitely enjoyed having a, a couple of weeks about Palace ruining my weekend. Mm, yeah, I I come re- become really discontented <laughs> over that week after losing to Brighton and then um, just making such a stupid error late in the Watford game to throw that one away as well and a chance to visit Wembley. But hey, I'm buying a house so I could do without a trip to Wembley or two. So uh, that can wait until next season. Honestly, I'm clutching at any straws to try and um, get through what was a shocking period. But yeah, not an international break fan. I know that, but um, it was a good one for England. It was, yeah. Uh, I didn't actually see literally not one kick of the game, unfortunately. Um, But 10 goals in two games is is pretty impressive. And uh, also, uh, Tom Fancett, who I know uh, was involved in in the podcast, managed to get in to watch the England game in Macedonia in the Macedonian end by pretending to be Scottish. Yeah, I say this um, this, uh, this then, certainly shows that you didn't even watch a kick because it was Montenegro. So, uh, what did I say? Macedonia. Macedonia. <laughs> Shit. Uh, and um, it would have been good if he was in the Macedonia game. To be fair, watching something. Yeah, else. I mean, but, fair um, play to him. That's that's pretty good going, blagging your way into the end, pretending to be Scottish. <laughs> and he even got there was a picture, I think, in the Telegraph mm-hmm. of um, <laughs> sort of depressed looking. Let me get this right, Montenegrin fans, uh, and he was front and centre. <laughs> so he's obviously very good. He's got a good poker face. If you look miserable uh, when they were taking the photo when when England were five 0 up. Well, yeah, he was um, situated exactly where the racist chants were coming out. Now I'm not suggesting that Tom Fancett was the one who was orchestrating them, but you know, there's no <laughs> no smoke without fire. <laughs> no, um, fair play to him for getting into the game, and um, fair play to all the England fans who travelled there as well. Um, Good turnout, difficult place to get to. And, um, yeah, I mean, watching England at the moment is actually turning exciting, Hesk, if you've got to do it. Uh, we play beautiful stuff. It's just like watching sort of like Man City or Liverpool, the way we try and pass the ball and play around with it. And freedom, expression, like Hudson Adoy, Jaden Sancho, Sterling, just all just being told to go and express themselves. Yeah, I don't really know what that feels like, mate, to be honest. <laughs> after watching Palace, after watching Palace this season, labour against teams who sit and defend, um, fast, free flowing football is not something I really have, have gotten much used to. So maybe I'll have to start watching. Well, the one player is allowed to express himself is Zaha, but not for Ivory Coast. He just seems like he went out to the Ivory Coast just to hang out with Didier Drogba for a couple of days before <laughs> yeah. coming back. But um, after him missing the Watford game, if he would have played for Ivory Coast, I would have been very upset, I must say. But. Um, <laughs> There you go. Right, Hodgson, he used to manage England. Um, Did you read about him supposedly selling the wrong player when he was at Liverpool? Um, The player said, it was a bit difficult for Liverpool to replace me, but when I was in Fulham and before I signed up, I had a conversation with Roy Hodgson on the phone where we found out that he had changed the wrong, chose the wrong Alex. Sorry, this is translated from a foreign website. In his head, he thought he exchanged another Alex for Koncheski, but then it was too late. It's a little funny. When he realised, he just told me I was welcomed back in Liverpool with open arms, but I had to do what I felt. I had already changed my mind, was very excited about coming to Fulham. <laughs> um, do you think this is his problem with a substitute bench? Um, he's so scared about picking the wrong player, he just doesn't pick anyone. Well, I was going to say that I think he was probably in charge of that plane that was supposed to go to Germany and ended up in Scotland this week. <laughs> um, yeah, that's baffling. I mean, to be, although to be fair, I've confused Montenegro and Macedonia, so I'm not sure that I can uh, uh, throw stones at Roy for that. Yeah, exactly. But, um, <laughs> 
yes, selling the wrong Alex is quite an impressive feat. Hmm. I mean, how many Alexes are there in the world? You can see why it's um, it's an easy mistake to make. <laughs> um, but obviously, Hodgson's time at Liverpool was short-lived, only six months, and um, which was, I think, about six months longer than Paul Koncheski's uh, time at Liverpool was. So um, I think he's still playing, isn't he? Somewhere, he's in like, um, oh, who's that team in Essex that... Oh, Billericay Town, yeah. Um, um, he yeah. was definitely there last season. I'm not sure if he still is now, but um, he was. I don't know if that football team's still around now after the way their owner, manager, whatever he is, <laughs> started playing about. Right. So now we're on to this list. I've got Yaya Sonogo at 35, Adi Akinbaye at 29, Leon Court at 26, Thomas Brolin at 20, and Claude Davis at 14. Now, obviously, all of these have Palace connections. Uh, but what do you think this list is of? Well, just before we started recording, I, I had a quick look at the list. And my initial thought was career goals, just because I saw Sonogo with 35. But then that's pushing it even for him because he was yeah. he was really And as crap. I said, Thomas Brolin scored 20 goals against England, let alone 20 career goals. So <laughs> Indeed. Um, Claude Davis 14 then, you know, could, could be number of red cards, I guess. Number of red cards. Thomas Brolin could be number of stone when he signed for Palace. <laughs> um, I'm at a complete loss. Uh, number of, oh God, number of games before their first goal. No, so this was um, 442 released a list today of the worst 50, 50 footballers in Premier League history. So, Bloody hell. so of that 50, 10% of them have played for Palace. <laughs> That's. I mean, that's mightily impressive, actually. <laughs> I mean, that's brutal on Leon Colt. I mean, he wasn't that bad. Yeah, that's true. He, he was, I mean, he didn't, I, I think Warnock had an issue with him, didn't he, for never getting a book in, mm. but he was a pretty good player. I don't I don't know how, he must have been pretty bad if he's to make that list in the Premier League, but I thought he was pretty good for us. Yeah, and then, um, well, obviously, Thomas Brolin had a shocker in his time. And uh, Cla- Claude Davis, I guess, uh, he did all right for us at times. <laughs> Yeah, did he not play for that terrible derby team that had like yeah, exactly right, yeah. 11 points or whatever? Yeah, he had some really um, terrible picky plats as well. It looks a bit like Chris Gale. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sonogo, I, I completely get. Akinbaye, yeah, I still think it's pretty hard. I mean, he he, he wasn't great, mm. but maybe top 50. Maybe it's not harsh. Yeah. Mm. Well, so the, the big news this week has been, uh, well getting Spurs tickets, I suppose, for the opening of their new stadium. Um, you've managed to get one, right? I have, yeah. yeah. Me and uh, I think there's a group of six of us going. So that's going to be quite good. Looking forward to it. Uh, unfortunately, our guy behind behind the mic, Billiam, wasn't able to get any, mm. um, which he's a little bit upset about. Yeah, I, th- I think um, they deducted him a thousand points after Huddersfield away earlier this season. The the, the the day that she'll never be spoken of again. <laughs> I was the, Billiam's messy episode. I wasted spoke. before 11 o'clock, just absolutely steaming drunk. What, what, what a disgrace he is to the back of the nest name. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's it's appalling behaviour. Appalling behaviour from Billiam. But so how do you feel about the, um, being the first game in Spurs' new stadium? Indifferent or you excited? Or if someone offers you 500 quid for your ticket outside, you take it? Um, oh, well, I'm also moving house, so 500 quid sounds quite good. Um, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it actually. I, I like, I mean, I like going to new grounds anyway. Um, and this, 
you know, from the pictures I've seen of it and that, the, the footage from, I think it was their youth team was playing to sort of open the stadium. Mm. Looked really nice. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. It's an evening game. So I think the atmosphere from us will probably be quite good. Mm-hmm. You would imagine the home fans will be quite up for it. So it should be, you know, a good atmosphere all round. Um, I mean, I'm not especially excited about the game because I think we'll do the usual 1-0 loss 10 minutes ago. That sort of rinse and repeat. But yeah, it should be good. You know, it's um, it, it it's a new stadium that I can get home from pretty quickly afterwards. So that's nothing to be sniffed at. Do you not think um, it's got 1-0 Townsend written all over it? I take it. <laughs> I definitely take it. I mean, we, we like, you, you know, we were the first team to, to win in the league at the Amex, weren't we? So... If we can if we can sort of continue that mini uh that mini run of one game then uh yeah that'd be great yeah, i've got a few spurs fans at work who i've been um informing that to all week <laughs> uh, we take the first three points in new stadiums just so just so you know and um yeah i mean I've, i'm whatever i'm i'm being different of whatever new ground tick another one off i guess but you know we're, we're going to end up being sick and tired of it within a couple of seasons but uh yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But honestly, if, if someone outside is like asking for offering stupid money for it, I'd, I'd probably be tempted, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it would be what would be really funny if like the first goal is like a shocking Tottenham own goal, like Harry Kane swiping a front post Harry corner like, over, would be great. over Lloris and into the back corner. Um, I can't remember Clinton Morrison doing that one time actually at Sellhurst. <laughs> but yeah, that would be that would be very funny. But um, yeah, so there you go. Spurs sold out. Sorry for everyone who couldn't get a ticket. I know that there was a lot of people really upset. And I know a lot of people who have been going a lot for the last couple of seasons don't have enough points. So um, the point system certainly needs to be looked at going forward if um, fans that are going pretty much every game for the last few seasons is not able to get a ticket. And the last bit on this order is Player of the Season awards have been announced. I think it's the 30th April at Box Park Croydon. Well, there's a great picture existing of us from the last last season's one. Uh, will you be attending this year's event? Yeah, I probably will. It's free, in it? So that's always good. Um, and yeah, it's always a bit weird for me when we have the end of season awards when the season's still going on. Mm. Um, hopefully we're not... Uh, you know, flirting with relegation still at that point where it all might go a bit sour. Um, BLB there and hopefully this time we won't get chased out of uh, meat liquor being told we didn't pay our bill, even though we did. <laughs> allegedly. We paid it. Um, allegedly, so allegedly. So if, if the season ends today, who's player of the season? Uh, Wan Bissaka gets my vote. Yeah, I think it was certainly it's between him and Zaha. I think... Tompkins maybe would have been in with a shout up until like a few games ago, but he's fallen off a cliff mm-hmm. since Sacco got injured. So, um, you know, certainly if he won Bissaka would be the one that uh, would probably get the nod at the moment. And um, what other awards we got there? Fan of the Year? Got any nominations for Fan of the Year? Not Albert. I mean... Em- anyone anyone but Albert. Yeah, embarrassing Fan of the Year for Billiam at Huddersfield. That's, yeah, I mean that's shame. The shame award, Billiam. <laughs> that's an absolute given. Um, what do we have? Young, young player of the year. I guess this. I mean, it's got to be Wan Bissaka, yeah, isn't it? I don't really. I don't know who else. Have we had any Sam Woods for ten minutes against Borough away in the cup? Yeah, 
I can't, I can't um, really see it being um, unless Max Meyer or something qualifies. He probably, he probably does, doesn't he? <laughs> but yeah. Um, oh, and one other thing um, that went on this this week was uh, Streatham Ice Hockey season came to an end, didn't it? It did. It came to an end um, in the first round of the playoffs. But what was good, and I think I might have sent it to you, was. Um, it was a bit of needle all the way through the first couple of periods, and then it just descended into a mass brawl. It was excellent. <laughs> um, where both both benches skated onto the ice, you know, and it usually like sort of peters out and that, but even the coaches were getting pummeled around the back of the head and the linesman got a, a punch in the gut, I think. Mm. Um, so, yeah, even though we were losing, you know, the bit I had a bit of excitement there, and me and Vanessa, my wife, were screaming expletives. Um, like we were at the UFC or something, and there was a row of kids in front of us, so didn't really cover ourselves in glory. There. One thing that I also noticed online, and you didn't even see him, Danny Butterfield was there. This was the away game, oh, so yeah, this was right, on Sunday. Okay. Alas, I didn't go to Basingstoke, um, but apparently his dentist is the wife of our recently left coach, so that's why he came up to the game, apparently, as, as tenuous a link as you can get. Yeah. Um, but I know a couple of people who support Streatham and go to all the away games to a Palace as well, and they were pretty chuffed to see him there. Yeah, um, the way the result went, he could have done with a Danny Butterfield hat trick. I wonder if he's, wonder, have, wonder yeah. if he's ever played ice hockey before. I'm, I'm sure he was all over the rinks in Grimsby in his younger days. <laughs> uh, but bad luck to Streatham, good luck to them for next season, and um, we'll be back after this short break. <laughs> Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast. www.backofthenest.com When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast. www.backofthenest.com Zaha! Oh yes! <laughs> I don't know if that commentary was an attempt to... We didn't get it for the Huddersfield game from earlier in the season, so... <laughs> we'll just use any Zaha commentary going. Right. When you can go down and become only the second Premier League team in history to go down before April has started, um, what would the doctor prescribe, Heskey? I think if I you know, if I was in that situation, the the one thing that I'd want to hear is your next trip is a, a an away game at Sellers Park. <laughs> A guaranteed three points, a morale-boosting away victory to kickstart the, you know, the fantastic drive away from relegation. <laughs> yeah, of course. So the news has um, 
well, I guess it's not news, it's just simple math that's been the case for a couple of weeks now. Southampton and Burnley victories and a Huddersfield defeat will see them relegated, becoming only the second team in the Premier League era to do so. Um, the other obviously being 11 points, Derby County, who <laughs> Claude Davis starred for. <laughs> um, yeah, it's... It, they won here 3-0 last season. They're gonna they're still in their memories, you know, being their first ever Premier League game and um they'll look, be looking to sort of strike up that sort of morale again, right? Yeah. I mean it's obviously a bit of a different situation then. We haven't got Frank the Ball. <laughs> I, I can't even I don't even have the words for him, but playing, you know, three at the back with two teenagers, uh making their debuts against, you know, a promoted team have got nothing to lose. So in that sense, hopefully it won't be quite as bad. But yeah, I mean, they've sort of been, their relegation has been inevitable for a while, I think. Um, so now maybe you've got the sort of like, they, they're just going out and not, not really caring and just giving everything. And, you know, they almost got a result at West Ham a couple of weeks ago. Um their home form is awful. In fact, it's worse than ours, which is <laughs> fairly unbelievable, to be honest. I was I was talking to Billion before we started recording. Where I just I can't imagine any set of fans having even less to cheer about than Palace at Sellers Park. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, Wagner left and this new guy came in and it didn't really seem to make much difference. And I think that was a point at which you would think if they got a chance of staying up, it'll be with the new manager. Mm. So yeah, I mean it's not going great for them, but I, I, you know, I think a trip to Sellers Park is not nearly as daunting as we all wish it was because we're very charitable. Yeah, I mean I haven't worked it out for a while, but at one point I worked out the home form table for all the teams that have been in the Premier League for the same amount of time that we've been in the Premier League since we got promoted, and we were like thirty odd points behind the team that was the next worst in home points. So. Um, it really is um i was speaking to someone the other day who um uh has the ear i should say of people at the club and he was saying um they're really buckling under the pressure of of playing at home the the expectation to win they're really struggling with and um the longer it goes on for the more the more of a problem it comes i guess but um we've banged on it about it so much but he just he has to free up a midfielder, doesn't he? He really, really does. And I hope this is the game that he does it in. Yeah, he, I, I completely agree. We, we have banged on about it quite a lot. And every week we say it, we're like, oh, we hope this is the we hope this is the, the game. We hope this is the week that he finally makes a difference. And I think, you know, it's t- talking about the pressure of playing at home. I think m- most other clubs wouldn't still have the support that the Palace players do. Obviously, we're biased and we're, you know, we're part of that support. And yeah, there have been games where the atmosphere has not been as great. But, you know, I think the amount of support they get, even when, you know, things aren't going that well, we still cheer, we still clap them off at half time. You know, we're still trying to be as positive an influence as we can. You know, there are, there are teams, you know, like Sun, the Sunderlands of the world or Wolves back in the day when it wasn't going well, where, you know, if you're one 0 down at half time, they boo, even if it was against a good team. So in that sense, you know, I think they've got they've still got the support of the fans, and they, you know, the, the pressure should not be, you know, as bad because of that. But it's obviously a mentality thing 
where we just can't we just can't seem to get the goals or get the results that that we want so that we sometimes deserve um so you know I, I think we do have to try and be more positive at home going forward hopefully Huddersfield feel like they really don't have much to lose because you know if you if you're going to go down you might as well go down fighting and in that sense if they do that and you know that may well play into our hands but even you know even in, in games where teams haven't defended with 11 men but haven't been great we haven't put them to the sword i think the Watford game in the cup was a good example of that they didn't play great we didn't really do anything ourselves and we you know as you said it sort of fizzled out towards the end when they scored and then you know it's an inevitable defeat so i i would like to see us be a bit more gung ho uh, we've got some tough games coming up um which we know we're going to have to be a bit more defensive in you know Tottenham Arsenal Man City games so in games against teams like Huddersfield I just think we we should throw caution to the wind and we shouldn't be scared of of really pushing people forward and being a lot more offensive yeah, do you think with that run of difficult games coming up though is going to make Roy worry a bit more and say you know uh, we we have to be cautious with this one. This is absolutely a must not lose against Huddersfield. We've got to put a point on the board and he'll just go with the same thing again. I think that's probably, I mean, that's the thing that I'm worried about because, yeah, like I say, this what, what I would like us to do is, is have a go at these teams that, that I really think we can get joy against if we do that. Um, I think you're right. I think Roy will think, you know, if we don't lose and then we can pick up the old bonus point here and there against Arsenal or Tottenham or Man City, then great because we weren't expected to get any. But, you know, I would rather have a go at Huddersfield and get three points. Um, and then let's say we lose to Spurs, then be really defensive and get a point in each because then you're still, you know, you're a point worse off. Um, it, it's... Yeah, I think I, it's hard because I think we all know what Roy's like. And I think if he hasn't changed it by almost April, then I, I can't really see him changing it. To be honest, he's, he's you know, sort of, he'll go with this sort of safe, um, safe system and sort of um, loyalty with this, the same group of players, which is commendable to the point, if we said before. But I just really am getting a bit fed up of saying the same thing after every <laughs> after every game. You know, I said it against Brighton. I don't think Brighton were that good against us, but we we didn't we didn't really have a go at them. Uh Watford, I don't think they were much cop and, you know, we weren't, it was quite drab from us. So mm. it just I think, you know, if we really, really went for it and got a good morale boosting, like, you know, strong win, a three nil or something, it'll be it'll be massive for us because it will it will make everyone feel Yes, it's against Huddersfield, but you know, look, we're finally getting results at home and getting goals at home. Whereas if I think he plays a system and the plays that he usually does, it you know, it would just be more of the same. Mm. Yeah, no, I pretty much agree with everything you've just said there, and um, I guess we'll just have to see how it goes. Now, he might be forcing some changes. Obviously, Aaron Wambasaka had to pull out of the under twenty one squad. Um, I mean, I still don't really know how he's not ended up in the the main squad, um, especially based on the players we have. And obviously now the under-21s have not qualified. Um, I think a lot of that goes down to all the players being absolutely nabbed for the first team. Obviously, um, Callum Hudson-Odoi being one of the notable ones who's missed out there. 
Um, Joel Ward, we we know all about Joel Ward and know that he's more than an able replacement and will will do a job for us. But the other one is obviously Wilfred Zaha, as um, was injured for the Watford game, didn't play for Ivory Coast, uh, returned injured from that training. So um, how do you how do you replace Zaha? Who are you looking towards? Well, that's that's the big ask, isn't it? I think as well. You know, if PVA doesn't play, I think he went away with Holland, but there was talk that he might he might still be a bit, a little bit injured. So if if you then say, well, Schlupp's going to play left back, then you know who do you play uh, in midfield and 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 out wide? I guess um, you know I always want to see Kiara and Meyer in the team, um, but actually, you know, I think if Wilf doesn't play, it might be worth putting Ayu out wide. Um, he hasn't really had a look in over the past few games and whilst I don't think he's a brilliant player and we've certainly given him a bit of a slating <laughs> at certain points during the season he is a more natural wide player than you know James MacArthur for example um, and I think if you've got someone like that who who is more confident of taking people on running down the wing cutting inside and having a shot let's say then you know, I'd be more comfortable with with that player in in the team in that formation. Um, but no, I mean, if Wolf doesn't play, we'll probably still see Jimmy out wide. Um, did I did I imagine you know, in did, January us? Did we sign Bakary Sacco in January, or have I just imagined that? <laughs> <laughs> he, the only time I've seen Bakary Sacco since he signed is in Mamadou Sacco's Instagram. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I have absolutely no idea what's going on there. He always looks really happy, but then I suppose if you're getting paid tons of money to just knock about with your mates and then go home at lunchtime, yeah. well, I'd be pretty happy with that too. To be living fair. the dream, would you? So here's a question: Do you, assuming you know Roy probably isn't going to change his mind, would you though want to see him play two up front? I would. Uh... Do you think he'll ever do that? Um, potentially. I mean, I would like to see an extended run out for Benteke and Batshuayi together because I'd imagine there's got to be some sort of chemistry there, um, having played with each other for Belgium. They're obviously good friends. Like, you feel like that's something that could, if it gets going, it'll be it'll be exciting, you know, um, to have two like big name international strikers doing a business for Palace up front would be great. Um, I think there's a lot to Batshuayi's game. I think um, he's really good off the ball. And I think you have to be at games and see that, especially away from home. He's been excellent off the ball and um, really does a lot for the team and creates a lot of space with his pace for other players. So um, we're excited with him. And you know, but still, since he's come back from injury, Benteke has been winning absolutely everything in the air. He's been holding the ball up, play, ball up well, but he just obviously hasn't had a chance to have any sort of run in the team. So I would quite like to see that. But... Um, Will he do it in a game against Huddersfield? He views as a no lose. No, I don't. I don't. I think he'll clog up the midfield. We might see Maya from the start. That's potential because Zaha's out injured. But um, then you're kind of getting Maya stuck in that sort of position where he's a narrow, wide midfielder kind of scenario. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I just think it's going to be much of the same, really. Um, injuries permitting, I think it'll be Kiate in there, Makafra and Milivojevic. Um, and then maybe all of them can go chasing after one Watford player and leaving the guy unmarked in the middle. 
<laughs> I'm still not over that. I cannot believe it. it just um, it happened right in front of us, and um, God, it's just one of the most stupidest things I've ever seen. But uh, yeah, that's that's in the past now. We'll leave it alone. <laughs> so predictions for this one. Uh, you saw uh, quite a thorough prediction on the BBS. I did. Um, I wish I could remember who it was that posted it. Unfortunately, it was it was a a, a few days ago now. So if you're listening and this is you, then full credit to you. Um, so I'll read it out. He's described point by point how our game will go uh, on Saturday. And uh, it goes like this. So good start. We get complacent. Go one behind after their first real attempt, around 35 minutes, half time. We start the second half strongly and wonder why we didn't start the first half that way. We'll equalise around 55 minutes and then have a lot of good pressure for the next 15 without converting our chances. We go behind again on 73 minutes. Don't worry, still time to change it. Warm up the sub around 75 minutes. Bring on that sub, 80 <laughs> minutes. Play better, play better, but we all know it's too late. Andros cuts in, hoofs the ball into the crowd. Possibly bring on another sub, 85 minutes, bracket. Now we know it definitely is too late. Get angry at the away team wasting time and then have a last-minute attempt that's either a sitter or we just smash it at the corner flag <laughs> full-time. <laughs> and that's the most spot-on description of essentially every home game this season I've, I've seen. So Was, was that BBS um, yeah, at abjects by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd love to take credit for it. Um, yeah, but absolutely spot-on. And in fact, if we just segue straight into it, my prediction is... A two-one defeat, uh, more or less. I, I was going to say they'll, they'll score with their first shot. I think Luca will get a penalty and equalise, and then yeah, they'll score near the end. No, I see. I'm um, this sort of game this season with one. Um, I think we'll roll them over two 0 It'll be kind of like in the Burnley's stroke Fulham bracket where. It'll be one of those games where we have thirty attempts and we just manage to kind of scrape to a victory in the end. Um, with you know scoring a goal, an unconvincing one, and then nicking one late to make it two 0 I just that's how I see it going this weekend. I think I think they're really bad. Um, I I think that West Ham game's probably killed them in the sense that you know to be so convincingly in the lead in that game and then to throw it away like twice basically. They've um, I think that's going to be them them broken and finished. And unless it's just they start trying out completely new players. In, with next season in mind and there's you know if they get a lot more hungry players in there that make a difference I can't I can't really see it anything happening and Billiam's sc- screaming in the chat saying he's going 1-1 um, <laughs> he's, he thinks uh, 89, 89th minute we're going to let one in as a late equaliser just I think I'm rubbing <laughs> off on him look at this misery guts <laughs> I think that the one saving grace is I think I'm probably going to be wrong now on your score but I'm pretty sure that Punch can't play even if he hadn't fallen out with the manager because of the... No, because he's, 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 he's on loan, yeah. So he's, he's just yeah. on loan and then his contract... Because so, normally, yeah. normally I would I would say punch nailed on to score, but thankfully, I'm, uh, you know, he's not able to play. So no, he, that's one saving grace. Would he? I reckon punch now, obviously, he scored a hat-trick against us in the past. <laughs> but I, I think, um, I reckon now, he'd, he'd put it wide if he was through or he had a shot from the edge yet. And then get, so, give us a little win. Yeah, country, exactly right. <laughs> I don't think he's got it in him. Um, but 
you know, I'm sure he'll want to come back and be involved in the club in some way in the future. So you can't, you can't, you can't be scoring a goal that all of a sudden thrusts us into relegation trouble. <laughs> that wouldn't be right. Um, right. So um, there you go. We've got, we've got a win, a loss, and a draw between the three of us there. So we, we all know that one of us is going to be right. Uh, we'll be back after this. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast. www.backofthenest.com Okay, so that's your lot for this week. Slightly shorter than usual because um, we haven't got Albert basically <laughs> chiming in every couple of minutes with some sort of, you know, off-the-cuff funny joke. How dare he? <laughs> funny, in inverted commas. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, it's such a shame that Mike's in Rome. Disaster. <laughs> anyway, look, head over to iTunes, please, and give us a five-star rating. And um, that means more people will be able to listen to us. Um, we'll be back next week, normal times. Um, we've got, that's, is that the Arsenal game? Uh, is it Newcastle? Oh, it is Newcastle. Yeah, oh, Arsenal's Newcastle away. Newcastle away. Yeah, Newcastle away. I'm actually missing that. I'm at a stag do. So, um I like uh, next stag to involves going to Colchester United at home, so uh, little, a little bit of a <laughs> mix it up. It's not even a new ground, you know. We went there in pre-season. It's not even a new ground, so so there you go. It's just going to be um, a drunken afternoon for me, and um, hopefully I'll find a way to stream Palace on my phone while I'm watching the Colchester game, and then um, yeah, and then I guess it's uh, all guns ahead to the, the Spurs game, isn't it? So. We'll go again this weekend and hopefully, hopefully, Palace can find a way to cheer us all up. And of course, we'll be back next week, hopefully, with Albert in tow. Until then, up the Palace. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.